Good morning. My name is Drew, and I, like Brooke said, am one of your missionaries from Australia. Well, from here, grew up at this church, but currently living and based in Australia with Youth with a Mission. And I've been out there for the last seven years. So I'm really excited to be here this morning with you all and to get to close up this sermon series on bold belief. Um, the last three weeks, we've been talking about prayer and how to pray. And this morning, I want to talk about how to hear, how to hear God's voice, how to hear him in the place of prayer and in our day-to-day lives. Before I jump in, I want to tell you a little bit about who I am and what I do since you as a church send me out. Um, So uh, my base in Australia, we focus on a part of the world that has very little or no access to hearing about Jesus or about his kingdom. And so that's where we send all of our teams. Um, Currently, we have a few ongoing long-term projects working in peace camps. So we're facilitating and running interfaith, international peace camps in Turkey, in Iraq, and in Indonesia. These are incredible ministries that we're seeing God do amazing things through. Um, If you want to hear more about what we're doing, you can sign up for my newsletter. At the Next Step table, our booth in the back after service, um, there's a sign-up sheet if you would like to hear more about these ministries. Another thing that's happening in the next year is that we're actually launching our first long-term team. So it should be January next year, sending a team to a closed nation to be planted there to run ministries and work with the local church. Um, A few things that we did over the last year were that we we ran five discipleship training schools. We, which I'll talk a little bit more about later. Um, we ran a school of biblical studies, a school of strategic missions, a trauma, hope, and healing seminar, a doula training seminar, and local and overseas youth camps for Australian youth. We sent teams into Indonesia, Cambodia, Turkey, Iraq, Tajikistan, Vietnam, India, and Lebanon just to name a few. Um, We send these teams usually for about three months at a time. So we're short-term and long-term in partnering with people who are working always in those countries and with the local churches there. My primary role is working with our discipleship training schools. So this is a six-month course that if you've ever heard anything about YWAM, you've probably heard about a DTS. If someone says, I'm going to go do YWAM, that's what they mean. Um, It's Six months, usually for if you've finished high school and on, so kind of like Brooke was talking about, if you're an adult and you want to go to camp, it's almost, it's a six-month camp where you get to really learn about God and have time um, to focus on Him, being in the classroom for three months, learning about who He is and what He's called us to in this world. And then you spend three months overseas doing missions work and pouring out those things that you've learned about who God is on the rest of the world. So it's a pretty special time. I know for me, eight years ago when I did my school, it really changed my faith. Um, It awakened something in me. And I think for most people, it's quite a pinnacle time in their faith journey, saying yes to God in a way that maybe they haven't before and stepping into something really unknown, something new, but saying, I want to learn more. I want to learn more about God or about my faith or about the church and what, what this life is even about. And we as the staff get the privilege to walk alongside them as they wrestle through their questions about God, as they walk through forgiveness or repentance from things in their past, as they learn new things and have their eyes open to new ideas and 
be in an environment that's international, that's interdenominational. So you have all of these ideas that you get to talk about and explore through prayer, through lectures, through outreach, through worship. And so it's really a special time. Eight years ago on my DTS was really when I learned that God spoke. And that he spoke not just through my pastor and not just through the Bible or through worship, but that he spoke to me directly. He spoke through nature. He spoke through music and not even always Christian music. He spoke to me through movies. He, speak, he speaks to me through pictures and dreams and visions. And that was really new for me. And it wasn't that he spoke, but that he wanted to speak, that he actually really wanted to speak to me. And that's what I get to talk about this morning. You know, the last three weeks have been on prayer and how to pray to God. And now this morning we get to dive into how to hear from him and what things can get in the way from us hearing from him. And so I hope that this morning it can be an encouragement. I want to pray before we jump into the message. So, Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for this morning. I thank you for being a God that speaks. I say that you are welcome here. You are welcome in our presence. You are welcome in me, God. And I give you my life, my stories, what I've prepared this morning. And use me, God. Use me. I pray that you encourage people in this room this morning. I pray that we can hear your voice together. In your name, amen. God spoke and there was light. One of the first things we learn about God is that he speaks. And that with his voice comes power and life and light. Jesus was known as the word. So God himself chooses to identify as the word. And what is a word other than something we use to communicate? God himself is three in one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Always interacting, always relating, always communicating. Down to his very core, he communicates. And not just in his nature, but all throughout his word. We see that. We see that he spoke to Adam and Eve face to face in the garden. We see that he spoke to Moses in a burning bush. That he spoke to whole people groups through prophets. That he spoke to the wise men through a star. And Mary and Joseph through angels. And Balaam through a donkey. And John through visions. And on and on we see that he speaks. So why would we think that he has stopped, that he's become silent, or that he doesn't have opinions or ways that he wants to communicate with us? It would go against his very character and nature. And I don't think the problem is usually that God isn't speaking. I think that mostly we don't recognize his voice. We don't recognize what he's trying to tell us. In communication, there's always a sender and a receiver, someone with a message that they want to give, and the people, person, or animals even that they want to receive that message. This morning, I'm the sender. I have a message that I want to give, and you are the receivers. You're the ones that this message is hopefully landing on, but between us in all this space is what we call noise. Now, I don't just mean literal noise, like your phone buzzing in your pocket or the cars outside or other things going on, which, of course, are included. But it's anything that could stop you 
or filter through what the message that I'm trying to share. We know this in our day-to-day relationships. When we say something, it doesn't always get to the receiver exactly how we were trying to share it. And it's the same with God. Our noise, our experiences, our biases, our preferences, and our beliefs filter through what we hear. This morning for me, or some places I speak, noise could be the fact that I'm an American. It could be the fact that I'm a young female. It could be that my outfit's distracting you or I am speaking too quickly and you aren't able to hear the things that I'm saying. And it's my job as the sender to think about those things. I dress in an appropriate way. I speak clearly. I choose stories that hopefully you can relate with. But I can't possibly know all the noise out there. I don't know what experiences you've had. I don't know what biases you may hold. I don't know if maybe you know someone who looks like me and you don't have a great relationship with them, so it's already hard to hear what I'm trying to say. But you can know those things. And so it's your job as the receiver to also cut down your own noise. And with God, he does know our noise. And he's already doing everything in his power to move past the things that will be hard for us to hear. But it's also our job to cut down that noise and to to be able to hear more clearly what God is wanting to say to us. And we all definitely have ideas and beliefs about who God is, whether they're good or bad. We, We already have set ways of what we think he will or will not say, how he will or will not say it, what we want or don't want to hear. And those things filter how we hear God's voice or if we hear God's voice. So I just want to give some specific examples of what could be noise and how to cut those things out. The first is ungratefulness. Being ungrateful, I know in my own life, can stop me from seeing the gifts that are coming to me. When I'm so focused on what somebody else has or on something that I deem better or more important, and I'm ungrateful for what's been given to me, that I'm missing this gift. If we compare how God is speaking to other people or how other people are experiencing him, and and we're not looking to how God is wanting to give to us and how he's wanting to speak to us, we can miss what he's trying to give us. But if we move into a place of thanksgiving and we can celebrate the things that he's doing, we see even the small things that he's revealing about his love. When we have a spirit of gratefulness, then we put ourselves in a place to receive and to be open to what he wants to give. The next is pride and sin. If I were to steal my conscience in me as, you know, all haywire and like telling me it's not a good thing to do and, and I have to like be quiet, you know, quiet it down and choose to do it anyway. But the second time I do it, maybe that voice is a little bit quieter. And by the 10th or 20th time, I probably don't have that conscience flare anymore. I've convinced myself that it's actually probably a good thing, and maybe I'm even in the right. Maybe it's just that I'm doing this. And we do the same thing with God. When he brings conviction to us, we listen, and it seems really intense, or maybe we feel really bad and we repent, or... But then... If we keep doing it and keep choosing it and keep ignoring that voice, we start to quiet it 
and we start to not actually be able to hear it anymore because we've convinced ourselves that we're actually in the right. Our pride saying that we know best stops us from hearing the voice of God. But when we can humble ourselves and repent and remember that his ways are the best ways and listen to that small voice, then it becomes more clear and more sharp. The lies and the enemy. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's also known as the father of lies. He wants to destroy relationships. He wants to make us doubt God. He tells us lies about ourselves. We know that. Whether it's through the rest of the world or through media, through all these things, if we start to hold on to these lies about our own identity, that we're unlovable, if someone tries to tell us we're loving, we can't receive it because we already believe that we're unlovable. But if we reject lies, if we rebuke the enemy and stand in our authority as children of God, as co-heirs with Christ, and we proclaim truth over ourselves and repeat truth about who we are, who he says other people are, and who he is, and we worship and we give him honor for his character and his goodness, as we stand in truth, it becomes easier to receive things, right? It becomes easier to hear truth when we're standing in truth. If we're constantly flooded with lies, it's harder to recognize truth. We think that these lies are true. Control. I also call this one clinging to our own plans or our own ideas. And we, we all have ideas about what we want our life to be. Even as a missionary, I can have this, you know, picture of what I want my life to be. We, we think about the perfect place to live, the perfect family, the perfect job. And even now with Instagram and with Pinterest and with all of these things, we have this lifestyle envy of what we need to look like and need to be. But when we cling to our ideas of what we think is the best, it's hard to even hear anything else. If it doesn't fit in this picture then it just falls to the side. And so if God's trying to speak something that's maybe over here, I might miss it because I have this idea and this is what I want. And I'm not even really open to hearing something outside of my box. And so when I can submit my life and my plans and say, even if I haven't thought of it before, God, I want to hear. Even if it's something way off my radar, like, Bring it to me like I want to hear you, God, and what you think because your, his motivation towards us is love. And it's good. And his plans for our life are good. But if we don't really believe that his plans are good, if we don't really believe that he's motivated towards us with love and we just think he's going to ask us to do all these things we don't want to do, then we're going to miss out on stuff that he could be wanting to bring into our lives. one I want to talk about this morning is ignoring or being unwelcoming. And this may sound weird with God. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard anyone pray, God, we welcome you here this morning. We invite you into our presence. Like God is already here. Why are we inviting him? You know, but I don't know about you. If I've walked into a room where I felt not welcome And when I feel unwelcome in a room, I'm not really going to walk in and start giving my opinions and sharing and joining the conversation. I'm probably going to go find a seat by myself and go on my phone, like knacked busy because I'm unwelcome. So even though my presence is there, 
there's a spirit of welcoming or of unwelcome. And when someone walks into the room, you're like, oh, it's good to see you. Come join us. This is what we're talking about. You're bringing awareness to yourself, to them, and to everybody else that their voice is welcome in this space. It's an honoring thing. It's a loving thing. And it shows respect to God saying, we want to hear your voice. We welcome your opinion. We welcome your presence amongst us. And it just brings that awareness of, oh, yeah, God is here. It's not just us trying to figure this out. So these are things we can do to cut down noise. But then how do we recognize God's voice? I want to just play some audio clips for you. And I want you to see if you recognize these voices that are speaking. You quit it? What? I'm trying to swim here. What, the ocean big enough for you or something like that? Huh? Is it a problem, buddy? Huh? Huh? Do you? Do you? Do you? Repeat me? Yeah. I took the liberty of adapting a Star Trek fan fiction novella I wrote when I was 10 into a one-act play. <laughs> it's been a complicated process, but not too complicated. And today it's happening. We will have tougher negotiation, more competition, and much lower prices. I'll say we done good, didn't we? <laughs> we had a good mama. We had a good background. We were just poor people, but you know we did have a lot of love and lots of stuff that money came by. I was like, um, just as conversation starters or just random conversation with friends, I just <laughs> weird questions that are never really gonna happen, but they're fun to, to ponder. So, did you recognize some of those voices? In particular, the last one, probably, it sounded like. So in case you were wondering and you didn't know all of them, the first one was Dory or Ellen DeGeneres from Finding Nemo. The second one was Sheldon Cooper from Big Bang Theory. The third was President Donald Trump. The fourth was Dolly Parton. And the fifth was Gary, as you know. Um, So maybe you recognize some of those voices, and maybe you didn't. There were some that were probably more familiar and others, maybe what they were saying, the context, you were like, oh, maybe it could be this person. And we all have varying degrees of who we knew and who we didn't, but the ones that you recognized were the ones you were familiar with. They're the ones you've heard. Whether you had relationship with them or not, they're voices that you're hearing and you're saturated in and they're influencing you and they're a voice in your life. I want to read a scripture from 1 Samuel 3, 1 to 10. And this is when Samuel is being called by God for the first time. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and lay down, and the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. 
Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you, will sh- you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. So we see that Samuel was hearing God, but he didn't know God's voice. He, it sounded familiar. It sounded, I mean, Eli's voice would have been the one that he was hearing all of the time. Eli was mentoring him and raising him up in God, and he thought it was Eli. Now, I don't know about you, but if your mom calls you on the phone, you know whether it's your mom or not. Like, if my mom calls me, I recognize her voice straight away. So to think that somebody's, somebody else's voice was my mom, it must be a voice that's familiar and warm and, and draws me in, like somebody I know and he thought it was Eli, and until Eli showed him, actually, it's God, then he was able to enter into this conversation. Once he recognized that it was God, could he then go further? I want to skip ahead in Samuel to chapter 16, when Samuel goes to um, Jesse's house and is looking at all Jesse's sons and trying to find who God is wanting to anoint as king. So if you can turn to 1 Samuel 16, 6 to 13, it says, When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shema pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said, Are all of your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but behold, he's keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and get him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Now there's some contrast here with Samuel and the way he's hearing God. In the first story, we see that God was speaking with an audible voice, is what we assume. Something external, something loud, something calling him. And he didn't yet know God. But now we see him in the midst of Jesse and all of his sons, and it seems like he's hearing God quite quickly. You know, he's talking and having these conversations with these men, and he's hearing what God is saying to him. And so we can assume that this voice probably is no longer audible for all of them to hear, but it's something closer and quieter. Samuel has been growing in his intimacy with God, in his relationship with God, and in his familiarity with God's voice and the way that he speaks. Now, during week one of the series on bold belief, Gary was talking about some ways that God speaks to him through the Bible, through nature, through pictures. And I just want to share about three other ways that God speaks to me. So God speaks to me mostly like he did to Samuel in that latter passage in a still quiet voice in my own mind. And I know a lot of people experience God's voice this way, especially 
but it can be probably one of the hardest ways to really know if it's God or not. You know, especially when we're learning, we have a lot of doubt. How do I know if that's just my voice or if that's God's voice? Another way that I hear God is through wisdom. It says that if we ask for wisdom, we will receive it. And wisdom comes from God. But it's also really easy to doubt because it kind of just sometimes feels like a sense or like this gut thing or I just know what I'm supposed to do. I feel like it's not that thing, but it's this thing, but I don't really know why. But how do I know if that's really God or if that's just my own good idea? And then there's feelings. And this one is particularly tricky because we know that our feelings can also lead us astray. But I do believe that God speaks through our emotions. I believe that he uses emotions in us, that he stirs things in us and and moves us to action, that he gives us a deep sense of peace even when we feel afraid, that he brings compassion in us to move to action on other people's behalf. But how do I know if it's God or if it's just my own emotional reactions to things? These are all valid questions and ones that we have to face in order to move forward. Um, So I want to give us some ways to discern. One of those things is, does it line up with what you already know is true? We know that the Bible, the word of God, is God-breathed. And if we believe that's truth, then does what we're hearing align with those things? Now we can say, oh, well, my circumstance isn't in there. You know, they didn't have to deal with this situation, right? But principally, it is in there. It says even in the word that there's nothing new under the sun. All of these struggles and confusions of life, it may not be exactly the same scenario, but it's the same root issues. It's the same struggles. So does it align with God's word? And then there's God's character. Does it align with that? Is it good? Is it loving and kind and merciful and slow to anger? And not just for you, but for everybody involved in this situation. So whatever you're trying to hear God about, remember that he is for all people. And he loves all people. And so does it align with that? Or are you hearing things in a really harsh way from a God that's angry at you or disappointed or that's tearing you down because I believe that God builds us up and he does lead us to repentance and he does lead us to all of these things, but is it in this loving way? You can take it to wise counsel. Just like Samuel had Eli, we have other people in our life. And if you don't have somebody that you feel like you can go to, Maybe it's time to find somebody. We can't always know, and and we aren't meant to do our life journey alone. And so what you can do is if you're not sure if it's God or what's happening, bring it to somebody else. Ask them to pray for you. But remember that you're not praying for them to find the answers for you. You're You're not asking them to tell you what God is saying. Like Eli, he sent Samuel back to hear God for himself. He brought clarity, God speaking to you, go back and listen. And then sometimes, to know if it's God or not, we just have to walk it out. And I know that that's scary because we could get it wrong. We could make a mistake. We could fail. But just like God said to Samuel, he looks at the heart. 
He doesn't look at the outward appearance. He's not looking for whether you succeed or not or whether you do something right. He's looking at your heart motivation. Are you longing to do the things that he's asking you to to do? Are you longing to hear his voice? Are you wanting to walk in obedience? And he is so with us on this journey to help us learn and continue to grow in it. I was in a worship time with my YWAM community, and I had this really small prompting in the middle of worship that I should go stand by my friend Alyssa. She was in the back, and so I kind of turned around and looked at her, and she kind of looked emotional, and I was like, you know, I don't want her to assume that I'm, like, thinking she needs help or that she's upset, and I didn't have anything. I didn't have a prayer. I didn't even feel like I should put my hand on her or, you know, I just felt go stand by her, and, you know, I kind of was thinking about it, and I just logicked myself out of it. I was like, no, that's, like, nothing. It's probably fine, and I just continued to worship, and then that was it. You know, worship time is great. Two days later, um, we were in a prayer time, and Alyssa was there, and she was sharing what God was teaching her during worship. And she said that during worship, she was praying to God that he would send somebody to come stand next to her. And I was already in shock. And then she went on, and she was waiting and waiting, and nobody was coming. And so she prayed again, God, send somebody to stand next to me. And he responded with, I'm sending them, but they're not coming. And at this, I just burst out. It was me. It was me. I'm sorry. Like, God was sending me, and I didn't go. Like, I'm so sorry. And, of course, she forgave me, and we've, you know, we both learned amazing things from that. And she shared, you know, sometimes what God was teaching her was that sometimes it feels like your prayers aren't being answered, and you can't see what God is doing, but he is working on her behalf. He was sending people, but he works through his people, and we have free will, And I learned that I could have been the answer to somebody's prayer. But my own insecurities, my own doubt stopped me from walking in that. And I also learned that the voice of God can be very small and it's really easy to logic yourself out of it. It's really easy to convince yourself that it's not God and it's your own thoughts. God speaking to us isn't just for us. It's for us. We are a body. And when we eat in our physical bodies, we know that eating isn't just for our mouths and it's not just for our stomachs, but it's for our skin, it's for our hair, it's for our attitudes. (laughs) And we know that when we go for a walk, it's not just for our feet or for our legs, but it's for our lungs and our arms and our minds. So when we hear from God, it is for us and it should strengthen us, but it's not, it doesn't stop there. It should be nourishment for the whole body. It should go beyond us to encourage, to build up, to strengthen those around us, to share the things that God is speaking to us, and to build one another up. And with discerning, if it's God or not, there will always be risk. I know you were probably hoping that I was going to give you this A, B, and C, and you're going to know for sure if it's God or not, but we know that it doesn't work that way. And you can never be 100% sure that it's God. You can have confirmation after confirmation after confirmation, but at some point, you have to choose to either walk it out or ignore it. Let us not just be hearers of the word, but doers. And you can live life this way. You don't have to try to hear God. You don't have to grow in it. You don't have to go deeper 
in this kind of intimate relationship with God. And you know what? His love for you is going to be the same. It's not going to change. Learning to hear God's voice doesn't deepen his love for you. It deepens your love for him. And it helps us understand his love for us. It helps us understand his love for other people. And it is such life. It's like new life, fresh things that he wants to speak today. It's not just wisdom from the past that, of course, we need. It's not just knowledge. It's not just facts about who God is, but it's actually relating like you do with your friends when you're with your best friend and it gives you life. That's what it can be with God, to hear new things, to discover new things. And I don't know where you're at this morning with hearing God's voice. Maybe it's something you've done and you do and you feel really confident in, or maybe you're even doubting what I'm saying at this point and still don't really believe that God will speak to you or that he doesn't want to. But I can tell you this morning, he wants to speak to you, that he loves you, but that it will take time. It will take practice. It'll take being familiar with his voice and the ways that he speaks. And maybe it's, a hundred different ways, not just one. We don't want to box him in. You know, we want to see all of these different things and the different ways that he wants to speak. So I thought this morning, I'm going to invite the worship band to come back up. And I want to lead us in some prayer just to practice, to practice this morning right here and now to hear God. So I'm just going to pray. I'm going to prompt some questions that you can ask God. And I just want you to wait and see what he says. Maybe, he'll, maybe you'll hear a voice. Maybe you'll see a picture or think of a song. And I just want you to sit in God's presence as we pray. So, God, I thank you that you speak. I thank you that you are a communicating God and that your love and pursuit of us is so big and so gracious and so strong. I want us to all ask God this morning, what do you think of me? So God, what do you think of us? And I pray, God, that you help us believe those things. And now... I want us to pray and ask God if he'll bring somebody to our minds that he wants us to encourage this week. And once you have that person in mind, God, I want you to show us how to encourage them. Lord, we pray in faith and trust in your character that you are who you say you are and that you want to guide us every day and speak to us through different things. And we pray that our awareness of your voice increases today and this week. And that you can use us to encourage those around us.